0: Welcome, guys, back to Care Life Podcast. My name is Liz McKenzie. If you are new to the show, make sure you check our link in the description for all our social media pages and also where you can find us in podcast. But today's episode is not the regular episode where we're talking about books, Shakespeare books. We are done with that. Today, we are introducing a guest to the show. The first guest for season four of this podcast of year 2023. His book is what we're going to be discussing today. And today's guest is all the way from Michigan. And he was a former IT professional, a political conservative issues blogger. He's also a cancer survivor, a speaker, a vlogger, a co-host as well for Savage Unfiltered Podcast and also the author of the best-selling thriller terror strikes ladies and gentlemen i present today's guest joseph leonard joe yeah. welcome to the show
1: hello I, i've got to throw my middle initial in there joseph m leonard because uh-huh. there is another joseph leonard that has books
0: so. oh <laughs>
1: <laughs> and well that's a
0: coincidence <laughs> since,
1: since you mentioned uh shakespeare
0: uh-huh. i've got
1: a joke and it'll uh-huh. be an obvious joke because right. I like to start off with humor whenever we can. So you mm-hmm. gave me a perfect setup. And it'll be an obvious joke once you've heard it. But mm-hmm. yet, I'm not a professional comedian, but I'm the one that thought of the bad joke. All right? You okay. ready?
0: Okay. I'm Here ready.
1: To be or not to be, that is truly the question. Because if it's to be,
0: I got bingo! Ah! <laughs> Actually, that's a very, very good joke. <laughs> it's a
1: very, very good joke. <laughs> a very good and clean joke. You can tell anywhere. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it,
1: it's in my book, Terror Strikes, coming soon mm-hmm. to a city near you, because like, there's a comic relief chapter which makes the point. Mm-hmm. No matter how serious life gets,
0: uh-huh. you've got
1: to keep a sense of humor or you'll go crazy.
0: Very true. Very true. I can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's begin, Joe. I'd like you to tell us, who is Joseph M. Leonard?
1: Yeah, well, you, you're pronouncing it right. It's Leonard. It mm-hmm. looks like Leonard, but it's not <laughs> French. It's uh-huh. actually Polish somehow. Mm-hmm. It's L-E-N-A-R-D, like Leonard, but... It's Leonard with no O in it, Uh, Mm -hmm. born and raised in the Detroit area. And as much as I hate winter here, I choose to stay, um, you know, for family and friends and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, you know, moving the pain in the butt. (laughs) So so I'm just really when it comes down to it, I'm being lazy. I don't want to have to move. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and I've been writing my whole life Uh I have two international books now I've got other books but you know they weren't published internationally like mm-hmm. these and uh, you know it's great it's fun to be able to then meet people like you
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fun but to meet guys I, like you yeah, <laughs> I,
1: I'd never meet you know all, so many different people that I'm meeting. I, like you said, I am politically active. I write political blogs. So I'm politically active in Michigan. So, you know, I'm pretty well known in Southeast Michigan. And, uh, people have said, why don't you start a podcast? Well, I chose then instead to write books to, you know, expand the horizon. To reach Mm -hmm. people not just here then in Michigan or all the states, all of North America, including Europe, all the continents, Mm. Um, hopefully even a penguin or two will and the North (laughs) Pole will buy a copy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very true. And you're you're actually in luck because your book and this podcast is actually going to get you marginalized a lot because even though this podcast is small, we have... At least 3% of listeners in each and every continent. So we're introducing terrorist yeah. strikes and you as an author to the world. Well, so possibly a yeah. penguin will get your book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's an important thing to state right up front, too. Because a lot of times when someone hears the word terrorism,
0: especially
1: mm. from an American, they automatically assume it's only about 9-11. And it's Mm -hmm. not. My book is an international book. There's a chapter on Toronto, Canada, London, Mm -hmm. England, Madrid, Spain, and Tokyo, Japan, to, you know, I could have done additional places. But the point being that terrorism is everywhere. It's not just one group doing it or Mm -hmm. one group targeted. It can affect everyone. Hence the title, Terror Strikes coming soon to a city near you Mm because it's not just a big city problem uh in fact it's going to become more and more rural as terrorists look for other targets softer targets because the bigger targets are of course now more secured than ever before so Mm -hmm. they're going to find other targets Uh, Like, I I don't know if you've heard the news about the train derailment in Ohio, Mm -hmm. the the toxic fumes. Mm -hmm. Well, anybody who's read terror strikes coming soon to a city near you, that would not be a surprise to you because my Tulsa Tulsa chapter predicted it was coming. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and speaking of your book, what genre is the book, really? Is it a historical fiction? Is it a political thriller? Or is it a bit of everything? What is it, really?
1: Yeah, thank you. That's a great question. Uh, you, you have to list it as something, obviously.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, the type of book technically is historical fiction, or as I call it, faction. Part fact, part fiction, faction. Uh, but the category, genre, then it is most normally listed under is political thriller. But yeah, it's not just about terrorism. That's what drives the story and kind of ties it all together. But, you know, I, I try to incorporate a little suspense, a little thriller, you know, a, a little drama. Uh, there's not a whole lot of action. This isn't a shoot 'em up kind of book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's meant to be an intellectual pursuit and as a matter of fact let me temporarily jog over to my website terrorstrikes.info and scroll Mm -hmm. to the bottom because there's a disclaimer on every page and I like to read it when I don't forget it Mm -hmm. says fair warning While some historical aspects are mixed within, this is a fictional story with fictional characters. Many deem this book controversial and upsetting in many places, which it is meant to be. It is meant to make people think and to challenge their own and others' intentions, motives, own morality, and
0: mortality. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good, and... When we are coming into the book, into the chapters, I realized that your book has 16 to 17 chapters, and uh, I can't say exactly, but I know the chapters by name.
1: Oh, I okay. <laughs> I know them by, by
0: name, like The Perfect and Tulsa and 9-11 and Comic Relief. So when it comes to the chapters in the book, what are your top five chapters, and why are they something that you consider as your top five?
1: Oh, now that is a very good question. Uh, believe it or not, you're the first to ask me that. So that's <laughs> very, that's great. That's wonderful. I love, because <laughs> usually it's the usual, welcome to the book show, tell me about your book. The same mm-hmm. old, you know, the same <laughs> questions, and I could give the answers in my sleep. So let me uh, Oh. No, nope, I didn't want that. <laughs> I, what I'm doing here is, uh, I usually talk about my book in generic terms.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I myself don't necessarily have all the chapter names memorized and in order. So what mm-hmm. I'm going to do here, I'm scrolling uh, as best I can to find. The doggone table of contents chapter. Where did you go? I know you're here. There we go. Table of contents. Let me bring it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> alright, uh, it's hard to say, uh, but I will highlight a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before I do that, let me then say, uh, in addition to that disclaimer and, and what I'd said, that it's not just about terrorism. I like to say that it's a book about life over death, mm-hmm. hope over fear, uh, you know, uh, good and God over evil. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, those sorts of things uh, are important sub-themes. So I think, indeed, One of my favorite chapters is the love versus fake hate because Mm -hmm. it makes sense that there would be a chapter about, and I said, love over hate. And you immediately think, well, you're talking about, well, it's because the terrorists hate us, right? It's not just that. It's all kinds of hate. Mm -hmm. Any group on another group's hate, whether it be racism or sexism or you know, anything, uh, that in general is an important value and sub-theme in my book. So it's an odd chapter. Uh, it has a letter to the editor in it. You don't mm-hmm. normally find that in a book. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, uh, obviously, 9-11 is, it is a favorite chapter, not, again, because it's, you know, hits is close to home to me i don't know (laughs) if you could see it or not people won't hear it on audio i have a 9-11 tribute tattoo on my right arm Mm -hmm. um it it affected me that much i i you know it was the first tattoo i'd ever gotten because i'd always believed you know i'm not going to get anything unless there's something with such profound deep meaning to me to get one uh, mm-hmm. And then recently I got another one. I got a cross because I had a gold cross and I lost it. And I said, well, why buy another gold cross? Have mm-hmm. one tattooed on me. That way when you go in the hospital or whatever, you don't have to worry about that jewelry. It's always there with you. But yeah, nine mm-hmm. eleven because also my writing is different. Uh, although uh Boker uh compared Terror Strikes to Dean Koontz's Innocence book. Mm-hmm. So if you like Dean Koontz, Boker says you'll like my writing too. But I've done what no other author has ever done before because I'm a former IT guy. We're in the internet age, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows what a blog is. So yeah. I introduce and publishers don't like new stuff. You know, they like <laughs> They you know they don't like to push outside the box they kind of like what you know traditionally has worked so I introduced in that chapter a blog within a book so
0: mm-hmm. I
1: actually took an old 911 blog that I wrote in 2003 and then kind of reworked it a bit to be my character's blog so he uh Martin is deciding he's a newspaper guy and he decides he's going to write a book on terrorism. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of a book within a book. We follow him. That's the thread that ties it all together. And he then goes back to his old blog to review it and say, okay, what did I think then as opposed to what might I think different now? Mm Because with time, you learn more obviously. So I I give a bit of personal dichotomy, uh, personal, you know, interaction within himself by him interacting with his blog as part of his research on terrorism to write his book. Another Mm -hmm. one I I, I love because it's fun, Hell on Earth. Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a place called Hell, Michigan. So I work that in to be kind of a cute and clever way. But in the seriousness of talking about there is such a thing as good and evil. And as Edmund Burke said, the only thing necessary for evil prevail is good people do nothing. So mm-hmm. th- those are kind of... uh my favorite and another near the end is the Naperville chapter. And I I like that one because then you could go to terrorstrikes.info slash quotes. There are some quotes from the book pulled from the chapters and put on that page. So you could see the synopsis and you can also see some additional quotes. I give you far more insight into my book than any other author ever does. Mm-hmm. To see, you know, what I'm indeed offering you so you can decide whether that is indeed really something you want to fully read. And in the Naperville chapter, it mainly focuses on Teresa and her daughter. And Teresa says, she uh, or thinks, you know, she thought she was the mama bear, protector of her child she needed to be. But she realized in this instance regarding terrorism and crime in general that she was more an ostrich, right? Because you think about the ostrich, all right? If an Mm -hmm. ostrich wanders onto railroad tracks, hears a noise, that's a train, buries its head between the tracks, isn't going to save it from being bowled over by that train just because it doesn't see and hear it coming. And that's one of the points of my book. Life and living. Life over death. Live your life. Don't be paranoid. I don't want you living in fear, but at the same time, don't be stupid. Right? Mm-hmm. Don't live with a reckless abandon, clueless to things going on around you.
0: Yeah, and You've actually said something about the book that reminded me of something. You said terror strikes, gets people to think, right? Because it's historically accurate, but it's also philosophical at the same time. So it gets people to think. And one thing that I know about psychology, it's something I just picked up along the way, is that humans are hardwired to overthink. And that's why there are a lot of conspiracy theories with with everything That's going on around the planet. So do you think that a few of your chapters or even one of your chapters might trigger a conspiracy theory or maybe might have come from a conspiracy theory?
1: Well, that uh, again, another fantastic question. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, uh, uh, Mm 9-11, there are conspiracy theories around it, of course. A lot. Right? There are those that are called 9-11 truthers. Well, I can't have an honest book on the subject without mentioning them. But And and even though, like I say in my disclaimer, it's meant to be controversial. That is not a controversy I wanted to go down, though. Because if I would have made the book from that controversial perspective, then that would have been the only thing talked about about my book, that it is a conspiracy 9-11, uh, you know, Alex Jones uh conspiracy theory program type book. And that is not what, that's not to say conspiracies aren't real. They don't happen. They do. Uh Also, I don't really go into the concept of false flag operations. Like mm-hmm. the Rock Reichstag fire we all know happened in Germany and governments attempt to do those to shape opinion and form a reaction they want. Uh, we know those happen, but again, that's not a road I went was wanted to go down. That is a controversy I did want to avoid because there are far too many other important sub-theme points that I wanted to get across.
0: And when it comes to terror strikes, since the lockdown, since COVID and all that, we have had let's say like the Afghani war ending but it's still being within the country and then you'll find like the Russia versus Ukraine it's something marginalized but it affects the whole planet because you find that people are saying oh the Afghani war ended hooray for us but for the Afghanis it's still happening within their own country and then you find like people are saying oh it's just Russia versus Ukraine I'm in Australia nothing will happen I'm in Africa nothing will happen but when that war takes a turn It's one step away from a nuclear disaster because of all the nuclear plants. So, based on your opinion, have terror strikes reduced since the lockdown, or is there even a higher chance of terror strikes increasing right now?
1: Uh, They never went away. Mm -hmm. You just didn't hear about it. And that's part of the point and purpose and reason why the book came out in 2022 that it did, because... People seemed, uh this book is actually based on a dream I had in 2006. Mm-hmm. I started to write it in 2006, but it just wasn't the right time and the right place, and there were things missing.
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: 2021, the dream came back, and then all the words like manna from heaven started flowing onto the page that were missing because of the Wuhan virus hysteria the last two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Some people, that's all they've heard about. Terrorism went off the pages. It Mm -hmm. doesn't mean like that ostrich burying its head in the sand doesn't mean it wasn't happening around it. It just didn't see it and hear it. They've mm-hmm. been going on. You just haven't been hearing about it. In L.A., we just had a few weeks ago, the L.A. airport shut down for a day because of a terrorist attack on the power grid that fed the airport. Mm-hmm. Now, the entire U.S. airspace shut down again. First time since 9-11 which was the first time in history it ever happened then on 9/11 well, it happened again a few weeks ago well our government is claiming that it was some screw up and human error in the uh you know, the uh in either the uh uh air traffic control system or at the uh, uh federal trade not federal trade commission the, uh, the Department of Transportation or whatever, they're claiming it was a human error and our own mistake. I don't know that I buy it because Al-Qaeda has already recently said last year they are going to attack our airplanes and or attack with airplanes again. So I don't know that I buy the government story on that. That Mm -hmm. could have been a terror cyber attack. So there are things happening like the train derailment in Ohio. We still haven't heard. There was another incident somewhere else uh, that was an Amtrak train uh, struck a truck. Well, you still haven't released. The FBI still hasn't told us Mm -hmm. if that Truck accidentally landed up there or was put there to derail that train. And that was a terror attack. Again, as I foretold, as I had premonition, as I predicted in the Tulsa chapter, these things would be happening because they are a softer target. Uh, because that one seemed awfully suspicious. That truck seemed to be parked there with nobody in it like it was mm-hmm. Purposefully put there. But it was on the news for a few hours and then immediately disappeared. To me, that's very suspicious.
0: <laughs> and speaking of that, do you think that the fact that federal bodies like the FBI or the CIA or any other international organization that's there and meant to protect nations since they keep secrets when terrorist strikes or even the possibility of a big crime happening since they keep it a secret do you think that causes even more mania and even more reason for terrorists to find space to attack because you find that the more they're quiet the more people start having conspiracy theories. And when (laughs) people start having conspiracy theories, these conspiracy theories actually become true because it's like you're giving the terrorism group like a pamphlet of this is what you're supposed to do now. We have a conspiracy theory now. Take action on it because our government is keeping quiet.
1: Right. Make it a self-fulfilling prophecy.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Yes, exactly. And uh, yeah. uh, So I tried to be careful in my book, uh That's why it in part is historical fiction. I didn't want to give any new ideas,
0: <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even though, like I said, I, you know, we knew the thing with trains was going on. You saw 311 over mm-hmm. in Spain. So they've attacked trains in the past. So I wasn't giving them an idea. I was sharing an existing occurrences, and yet predicting, like I said, that these train attacks, there would be more of them coming. Uh, uh, but it, it's something that we could wrap ourselves into an intellectual pretzel trying to answer. It is one of those, you know, the saying, damned if you do, and damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. Right, whatever you do, if when something goes wrong, you'll be blamed for not having done the opposite. Mm-hmm. either did not enough or you did too much or this that so it feeds even more conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory upon itself, so that is kind of the pretzel logic question that is not answerable. <laughs> <laughs>
0: True. And when it comes to nine eleven and other similar attacks around the world, do you think that if governments would have implemented the broken windows policy, it would have prevented or maybe minimized the effects of such terror attacks?
1: Uh, I, I, yes. Uh, to uh. Some, and again, it's one of those uh, hindsight is always twenty twenty. You can't know for sure That if you did X, Y wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. But we know Y happened for sure because you didn't attempt to do X that might Mm -hmm. have prevented Y. If people are following my, like, algebraic-like logic there. (laughs) But first, for those who may not understand, uh, Rudy Giuliani who was the mayor during 9-11, became mayor of New York City before that and instituted what became called the broken windows policy. And to me, it is a very sound theory. You Mm -hmm. arrest people for the little stuff. They can't then commit the bigger stuff because Mm -hmm. it's like gateway drugs. Someone usually doesn't start at heroin. Right, Mm -hmm. They start on smaller stuff, they work their way up. Someone usually doesn't commit murder (laughs) (laughs) as as their first crime. They generally get away with petty theft, Uh, they get away with an assault, they get Mm -hmm. away with another, then that can escalate to murder. Whereas if you lock them up for the assaults, they then weren't there to commit the murder. Mm-hmm. That's the broken window theory, and it's been shown to work over and over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the case specifically 9 11, all right, they overstrayed their immigration visa. Mm-hmm. Had we enforced the immigration law and rounded up some of them and deported them, they wouldn't have been here to hijack the planes to fly into the towers the Pentagon, and crash in Shanksville, PA. Now, mm-hmm. we may not have gotten all of them. So maybe they'd have got one plane. It would one plane flown into a building still been a disaster? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it, would it have been as bad as 9-11 in total became? No. And you've got to connect those dots. And which is another thing, you know, hindsight's always twenty-twenty. The signs were there. Project Bojinka, as I discuss in the book, all the dots were there. They could have been connected. They should have been connected. They were not. They were missed and mm-hmm. it could have been prevented.
0: And let's, let's take a view in terms of understanding. You said that the book always shows light in the dark. You'll find that most, Terrorism attacks are often premeditated, and it's often the older generation telling this younger generation, Oh, let's say the Americans are bad, or Oh, the Africans are bad, they did this to us a long time ago, and now they need to all be destroyed. And you'll find this kid grows up, or even at the young age of six, trying to bomb an entire building, trying to bomb an entire square full of people, just because he was told by generations of older people that this group of people this country did something wrong to us decades ago and now they need to all be stopped they all need to be banished from the face of the planet so do you think that if there's a higher chance of saving this younger generation from their own theories in their own countries let's say even if it's the afghanis even if it's part of the somalis if you find that grabbing this younger generation saving them earlier enough do you think that hopefully in the future we can all come to an understanding with the countries or maybe, hopefully, stop terror attacks once and for all.
1: Yeah, that's a very good road to go down. The key is education, and it's, it's a shame, and part of the reason why I wrote my book as historical fiction, the state of education in the United States especially, but it seems around the world, uh, you mentioned Afghanistan. Unfortunately, now that we've abandoned the people of Afghanistan, women and children are not being taught again mm-hmm. anything, let alone history. And to your point, the historical record is right for thousands upon thousands of years of this group oppressing that group and that group oppressing the other group back and this group enslaving that group. Uh, mm-hmm. But slavery isn't only a one-group thing. It goes back to Egyptian times. Look at Exodus, right? Let mm-hmm. my people go, as Moses said to Pharaoh. It's been a human thing for millennia. And at what point do we say, uh, because we claim, we try to pretend we're far more civilized today. Mm -hmm. But in a lot of respects, we're not. Mm -hmm. We're still guttural, hateful, spiteful, envious, jealous, covetous beings that leads to all this. I, You know, you've got something, I don't like it, I don't think it's fair, right? Well, life has never been fair. All we can try to do is provide equal opportunity that the U.S. Constitution provides for, for us in our country, even though some are trying to destroy it, within not just foreign terrorists trying to destroy Western culture— but people within our own. Like in one of the quotes uh Martin talks about, uh, he doesn't understand how people could hate the very civilization that gives them everything that they currently have. They're self-loathing. Uh, they think there's some utopian dream solution But life is never fair. Life is never perfect. Like I always say, remember, things could always be better, but they could often be worse. And Mm -hmm. the best, in my mind, to hope for is the American dream of opportunity and your chance to make something of yourself.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, And you know, to try to put aside all that Petty hate and covetous and jealousies and Mm-mm. and you know spiteful and revenge, well he did something to me, I gotta get him back,
0: yeah, because you actually can't fight fire with fire it's never I, possible
1: you y- <laughs> y- everybody lands up burned right mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you'll burn down everything <laughs> you you, you burn, right yourself in the process. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> And Joe, there's something I want to ask you, and I'm sure nobody has asked you this, but I, since I, I learned about the Vatican when I was younger, uh, I tried to wonder, does the Vatican actually know things that could help the planet that even the government does not know? It's like they are like a shadow government, the Vatican. That's what I think of them as, like a shadow government. They have control, they have the power, but they don't want to spill it out. They just want to sit back, wait for the prophecies to happen, wait for everything that could have been prevented to happen, and then now they start forming solutions. Do you think that's a possibility, that there are secrets the Vatican is holding back, but the government even itself doesn't know of?
1: Yeah, uh, that's, that's, again, it's the problem with individual human nature Mm. and looking out for oneself rather than being a part of something greater than self. And mm-hmm. yes, I there are plenty of people in the church that are indeed that way. I mean, uh, I myself, I have born and raised Catholic. I don't go to church anymore, frankly, because they're not preaching the Bible anymore. They're only concerned about fannies in the seats reaching into their pocket and giving money To keep that building and their their you know particular little thiefdom going, Uh, yeah. The churches unfortunately have gotten so far away from Christ in my mind. uh, uh, That yes, I understand what you're saying and where you're coming from there. And yeah, I mean who knows? There's certainly whole lots of people uh, with privy to secret knowledge and um, their own motives for keeping it quiet. Now, to some degree, there has to be secrecy, obviously. A government has to keep some secrets. Mm -hmm. To what degree is another thing? I mean, like, we're so many years out since the JFK assassination, and still— We even passed a law several years ago saying all the Kennedy assassination information must be released by, I think it was, 2022, last year. Was it? No. They're still resisting information from all those decades ago, practically lives ago. All the people involved then are dead there's no need should be no need but some people just feel the power of being able to hold and control that information right now like certain secrecy is needed uh we don't announce any time and every time we foil a plot Mm -hmm. right because like you said you don't want to feed additional paranoia uh but at the same time, you can be too secretive. It's that damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. If you don't tell people we are protecting you and we broke up this plot, then they think you're doing nothing. So, mm-hmm. you know, so there has to be a certain amount of secrecy, sources and, and sources and methods, as they would say, right? The CIA, the FBI isn't going to tell you everything because sometimes that information then leads to how they go about collecting that information and making the determination how they then intercede these criminals and or these terrorists. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, it is a difficult game and a lot of times it all depends on what side of the fence you're on, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're the pri- private public citizen uh, in the United States, we the people are the government. You work for us. You mm-hmm. work for us. You need to tell us. Uh, but at the same time, a child, you don't tell a child everything you cannot Mm. they cannot handle it they're not ready for it you can share those things with them when they're older Mm. which then kind of brings us full circle to the kennedy assassination stuff again i think we've grown up enough to be able to handle that now
0: (laughs) (laughs) and that that actually reminds me there's this quote from abraham lincoln i actually always keep it in mind it's like something that i've always saved and he said that that this dead shall not have died in vain that this nation under god shall have a new birth of freedom and that the government of the people by the people for the people shall not perish from this earth and that is something it might seem like a small quote but it's something that goes for every single country on this planet that your government It was meant for the people. It is by the people. And with that, ensuring that it sticks by that, then your nation shall not perish. And you find a lot of people forget that.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people outside America, Mm -hmm. and I hate that we say that, this is the North American continent, there is the South American continent. We are the United States of America. We are not America. (laughs) America (laughs) is made up a whole lot of different countries. Uh, Mm -hmm. North America, you of course got Canada, the United States, and Mexico. But sadly, people say America, meaning the United States. And yes, we are the last great hope. As Ronald Reagan said, the shining city on a hill. And if we lose freedom here, there's nowhere else to go. There's no hope for us helping anyone else get freedom if we lose it here, and yet we're fighting a battle, and again, terror strikes coming soon to a city near you, Mm -hmm. not just about foreign terrorists, but people in our own nation that hate our own nation out of, again, envy, jealousy, greed, covetous, Take. It's, I don't have what I want, so I'm going to burn your bleep down, right? Mm-hmm. The fighting, right? You burn yourself down in the process, but yet they don't seem to either have the brain capacity to understand. They're only hurting and will ultimately destroy themselves in the process, or they or they just don't get it, or they just don't care. Uh, who knows? And part of that is sadly our education system not teaching that our nation indeed was not founded perfectly. We knew we had problems. Frederick Douglass famously, famously was, uh, uh, a self-loathing American himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, there are people on the left, who loved to quote Frederick Douglitz's early speeches about slavery and being slaves, and we're all slaves, they refused to recognize his growth, his education, to come to understand that the three-fifths clause that they miseducate children about today was not not about empowering slavery. It Mm -hmm. was meant to limit the power of the slaveholder because our founders knew there had to be a compromise. Slavery was not going to end and us become a nation at that time. That would come later. They knew that would come later. And it did come later. And we fought a bloody civil war to make sure it came later, right? So it wasn't perfect then. We try to make it better as we go. So you Mm -hmm. don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You take Mm -hmm. what was good and you improve upon what was bad. That three-fifths clause limited the slaveholder's power in our government because mm-hmm. the slaveholders wanted slaves on the one hand to be called property, but on the other hand be considered a resident and therefore uh, uh, equate to uh, representation in our U.S. house. Mm-hmm. Okay? So by declaring a slave only three-fifths human wasn't meant to dehumanize the slave. It was meant to limit the slaveholder power and hasten the end of slavery. And Frederick Douglass educated himself, read the Constitution for himself, read the founding documents, and come to understand that then that people still don't learn and understand today. Mm -hmm. We, from our founding, meant to be an abolitionist country and end slavery. Mm -hmm. But everybody keeps, you'll hear people today running around, we're a slave nation and you owe reparations. Well, guess what? You mentioned Lincoln. They killed Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Lincoln, remember 20 acres and a mule? That saying? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Abraham Lincoln promise to take from the slaveholders 20 acres and a mule to give to the slave, the freed slave, to then be able to build their own land and make something for themselves as a free person in this free nation. Mm -hmm. And the the KKK crowd, the racists, the plantation owners, the haters of blacks, uh, assassinated him before that would could happen and would happen but yet you hear idiots today saying i want reparations for people who were never slaves to be taken from people who were never slaveholders
0: and you'll find joe that as people or even as a nation You'll find that people often do things that are counter progressive. We are taking two steps forward, yet five steps back in terms of progression as a nation and as a whole continent and even as a planet, because we are meant to unify ourselves, right? Because since the past, that was the progression that we were supposed to have, grow as humans, grow as people. But you find that we are sacrificing an entire nation of people just because of a mistake of one individual or one group. Let's say right now everybody is just crucifying the entire nation of Russia just because of Putin's error. You find that everybody is saying, oh, Russians are bad, Russians are doing this. And you'll find this: this innocent Russian in Africa, this innocent Russian in Australia, this innocent Russian in America, who's just trying to make it in life, but then you're crucifying this person because of something that is happening in yeah. their own country. Yeah. And you'll even find, even in the Emirati, you'll find people are crucifying an entire nation of Iraqis, but it isn't this Iraqi child's fault that there's war happening. It isn't this woman's fault that there's terrorism happening. It's this group's fault. Now you find that instead of moving forward as a nation, instead of moving forward as a people, we're actually taking five steps back because we are not helping anybody.
1: I agree with you and I want to address the Russian and the Iranian situation. But first I want to say one more thing about the slavery thing Mm -hmm. because it's not really about slavery or reparations. It's about tearing down the West. It's about Marxist-Leninist philosophy, anti-Western culture. What can we use to demonize and tear apart the nation? Uh, mm-hmm. Because slavery still goes on in many countries around this world. And these same people who are complaining about slavery that ended long ago say not a damn Thing about the slavery going on today. Now, Russia, yeah, the same thing. I have no problem with the Russian people. It is their dictator, their their communist Soviet KGB holdover. He's been a dictator this entire millennia. He was president for eight years. Then he became prime minister who had Medved as his puppet for eight years and now he's president again. That's all bull, he's a dictator. He's been able to lie, cheat and steal his way to be a dictator uh, Mm -hmm. under the guise of votes that are not legitimate. The Russian people aren't the problem. The Russian people aren't my enemy, Uh, Putin is. And the same thing with, like, Iran. Iran used to be a U.S. ally before the uh, Islamic fundamentalist revolt and overthrow and the taking of the U.S. hostages. Uh, And today, today, the Iranian people are in the streets, and you don't see this in the news. The last six months, they've been in the streets protesting, being killed you know, by the hundreds, uh, being locked away by the thousands for mm-hmm. protesting and demanding regime change in Iran. Iranians are not my enemy. The Ayatollahs are.
0: Mm-hmm. And I can support that by saying, again, one thing that Lincoln always believed in, the foundation of Lincoln for America, was American democracy was meant for equal rights and equality of opportunity. No matter who you are, as long as you are in the land of opportunity, you must get equal rights as anybody born within America. Because if I come to America for sanctuary, I'm there to make my life. I'm there to make my career. I'm there to build a new self from what I was before. I'm there to free myself from whatever my country is known for. I shouldn't be oppressed for whatever my country has done. I shouldn't be undermined for whatever my people have done. I shouldn't actually even be judged based on the mistakes of my forefathers or anything that has happened before, even my lifetime, basically, right?
1: Perfect, perfect. You set me up. Martin Luther King Jr., I have a dream, Mm -hmm. and we've achieved that dream. We really have. And uh, uh, we seem to be going backwards now. Uh, It's about content. Of character you as an individual not the collective group somebody wants to pigeonhole you into like you were expressing right and you've probably heard the term dei diversity equity and inclusion mm-hmm. it's bull it's bull there is no more diverse and inclusive nation on this planet than the United States. We are a nation of immigrants, and we are called what? The melting pot, the great melting pot. Everybody has come here. We are the most diverse nation on the damn planet already. So what's with all this? We need diversity stuff. Mm -hmm. We already have that. You are trying to divide people, and they say equity As an equity of outcome, you can't guarantee that. We provide equality of opportunity. And if you choose to be lazy and you don't achieve anything, that is your individual freedom, your personal responsibility to succeed or fail. Not that somebody else in the socialist mindset owes you everything. Mm -hmm. Every time socialism, communism, fascism is tried, it fails. And they, of course, always say, well, they didn't do it right. You know, we're somehow geniuses and we know how to make it work. It Mm -hmm. hasn't worked. It never works. It will never work. We tried that in the United States, the Bradford Colony. They came over as a compact and they agreed in advance That it would be a commonwealth. That's where that term came from. It was communism before the invention of it by Marx. Mm -hmm. All right? And they tried to share everything. They all shared the land. They all shared the food. They all shared the housing. And guess what? They almost all starved to death because it fails to recognize human nature you cannot guarantee outcomes because so and so decides i'm going to get my food for free so i'm not going to put in work mm-hmm. so the other person then sees i'm putting in all this work and giving the same share as that slb who is doing nothing so they do less so socialism always fails because it's an equal outcome of poor and poverty and starvation because human nature takes over. It dumbs everything down. There is always less and less. That's why in Russia still, there are still bread lines because they've still not fully given up socialism and communism. They've modernized to some degree, but there is Abundance here because you have the ability to bake your goods and sell them to others. You benefit, they benefit, everybody is working to achieve and lift all boats, as they say, right? A rising tide lifts all boats. You've heard that. Mm -hmm. It's a saying for a reason. It's because it works. And people with no common sense seem to think you can just share everything equally, failing to understand human nature for millennia that it cannot, it does not, will never work.
0: Yeah, and that makes sense and I understand it because from where I come from, my own mother country, you'll find that it's a whole domino effect of I don't want to do this because they are not doing this. And it starts all the way from the top, from the government, from the rich, from the 1%. And the ones who end up getting hurt are those at the bottom. The ones who literally have no way of helping themselves, they actually do need help. So you'll find that the government is like, oh... Those people will get help from the United Nations. They'll get their food relief there. Or if we send them a few grams of food every day, they'll be fine. And then meanwhile, we can use our money to build railroads. we use our money to build stadiums. But you find that even 50 years after independence, right now we still have regions suffering from hunger. We have people literally dying, hundreds dying because of hunger. And the government has the funds to help these people, even help them move to a better location because it's like they're stuck in a desert, but no. They want to build railroads instead. That, so how happened. do you just gentrify yeah. a whole nation, but you don't have people living there because they're all dead? How do you rule a nation with no people in it? They're all dead.
1: That's, again, the socialist leader mindset. They, you know, As long as they have and that's what happens in socialism, communism, and fascism. The ruling elite will always have because they will always take from everyone else. And the, the everyone else suffers. And uh, capitalism was meant to be a derogatory term. Free markets is the real thing. And again, individual responsibility opportunity, individualism rather than collectivism. It has wrought more wealth on more people on this planet, not just the United States, than any other system before it. We have wealth beyond the dreams of what the Romans had, you know, adjusting it for inflation and whatever. We had the Industrial Revolution because individuals, had the incentive and personal freedom to create things to then provide others, enrich themselves at the same time, but also help others. I like to use the example of the group U2. You know mm-hmm. that group, uh September, well, I, I don't know their songs. I'm not mm-hmm. a huge fan. Bono, the lead singer, he was. He was a notorious, big socialist. and Oh, and I wanted to say this too. It goes back to, like in my Christian faith, uh, to love thy neighbor and be thy brother's keeper. That mm-hmm. does not mean, Jesus did not say, steal from that person over there to give to that person over there. It's our own personal duty to do it. It's the socialist notion that says, well, you don't have to do anything. I'll steal from them to give to them. And what happens? They, do, they only give what little necessary, bread and circus, if you're familiar with that term from the old Roman days, just enough to make them dependent rather than giving them a leg up to make them independent. They give them a hand out to keep them dependent on the handout and dependent on them. They want to be God. They want to be worshiped. You know, that you are beholden to them. But back to Bono, (laughs) because I'm kind of going, Um, (laughs) he was a notorious socialist. Well, George W. Bush came along and reinstituted his father, Thousand Points of Light. And, you know, again, charity, charity is where it is, not government. Government is wasteful. Government takes X, then they cut off Y for themselves, and then the little piddly people get Z that's left over. With Mm -hmm. charity, it's you and I raising funds and using all those funds to help others who really need. I help Billy because he really needs it. I know he needs it. He lives around here. I also know Jimmy over there. He don't really need it. He had a job. He -hmm. just didn't like his job. He gave up his job. He just wants to sit around all day and collect handouts. That's the difference. Government doesn't distinguish whereas charity does. And we help people who really, really, truly need. But why should we be burdened and waste our time with those who are just looking to scam us, to mm-hmm. use us, right? And Bono recognized the, uh, the old adage, the, you know, Christian, and I hate to keep making this about faith. I'm not trying to push my faith on anybody here, Uh But, you know, don't think of it as a religious thing, even though that's its origin. The right the teach a man to fish. He will eat for life. Give a man to fish, and you create somebody who's dependent on you the next day to get another fish. You've not helped that person. You've made Mm -hmm. them dependent on you. And Bono finally learned that. In Africa, instead of just building a well... You have to teach skills so that yeah. they can then create their own business out of what little there is there to then make something of themselves and offer things to others. And again, it's the rising tides, let's sell boats. They help themselves and everybody else in the process. Uh, just giving people loaves of bread rather than teaching them how to bake it, and we'll help you build the kern, the kern to bake that bread. But we want to make you as Christians, as Americans, uh, as freedom lovers, to be independent and able to help yourself. We want to give people a helping hand, uh, you know, uh, you know, lift you up by your bootstraps not continually give handouts that doesn't help anybody and mm-hmm. bono you know way late in his life finally you know i did it now you know he finally had that come to jesus moment i did it now you help people to help themselves
0: yeah and as we come to an end on today's episode joe what's Can you tell the audience what can you tell the audience that will compel them to get a copy of Terror Strikes, the book, as the author of the book itself?
1: (laughs) Oh, uh, I hope all the various things we discussed today are indeed, to some degree, themes in this book. As I said at the top, it's Mm -hmm. not just a book about terrorism. That is the storyline that holds it all together. But all these sub-themes of importance about individualism, not collectivism, Martin Luther King, content of character, not judging someone either on their skin or what group they belong to. Uh, everyone is an individual. About helping your neighbor but not being used and abused at the same time. Help those who need it and are willing to be helped to become independent, not those who are just looking for continual handouts, uh, uh, because the, there are people who are hell-bent on maintaining their own power and control. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not about helping people. It's about that making them dependent on them so that they then vote for them to keep them in power. It's really about them as ruling elites maintaining their wealth, their power, their control, not really helping people. Mm-hmm. You know, giving people crumbs doesn't really, it may help them survive on a day to day basis, but it doesn't really help them. And these whole overall principles, philosophies, uh, whole, you know, the whole concept of governance, all these things are discussed in the book in one way, shape or form to some degree because they all come together. Because again, in a lot of cases, they hate us and want to destroy us because they envy what we have rather than work. To get what we have. Or let us help them lift up to become like us. They want to tear others down. And mm-hmm. that's what socialists, fascists, communists always do. They never lift up. They always tear down. And, mm-hmm. you know, it goes back to like we discussed history. People not knowing history. As the saying goes, if you don't know history, You're doomed to repeat it. That's why you see all these people who hate, including in the U.S., not trying to educate, but rip down the statue of Abraham Lincoln because they're too stupid to understand he freed the slaves. But yet let's not have that statue be there to talk about him. Let's just rip it down because it symbolizes something we don't, even really understand because we didn't learn history, or it's just we don't like it, we hate it, we want to erase it.
0: Mm-hmm. And Joe, what are your writing plans for the year? Should we expect a new book, maybe Terror Strikes Two or something <laughs> new? <laughs> well, I,
1: I I wrote Terror Strikes coming soon to be to coming soon to a city near you to be a one off. I, I certainly didn't plan or expect a sequel. Uh, is there the possibility? Yes. But I'm going to vehemently re- resist that with my very fiber, unless if there becomes such a demand for it that I then write it. Uh, as to another book this year, I don't know, probably not, because How to Write a Book and Get It Published, Hints, Timps, and Techniques, just came out in December. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the new book for this year, even though it technically still came out the same year as Terror Strikes. And Mm -hmm. I wrote how to write a book and get it published, hints, tips, and techniques, because I've been on them, uh, you know, countless interviews, like with someone like you, Mm -hmm. and they say, you know, I've been thinking about writing a book, or I know so-and-so who's thinking about writing a book. Let's talk about rather than your book specifically, writing and publishing in general. So after so many interviews of that, I thought, well, duh, there's a market for that book, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? So I, I looked, and of course, there's a million different how to publish your book on Amazon variations. That's not what people were asking. That's not what people were looking for. How to write a book and get it published takes you from conceptual through the writing process, you know, generically, because everybody's process is going to be slightly different. And mm-hmm. the genre of book you're writing is different than the genre of book. So I deal in generalities, but help you conceive, help you write, help you publish, and help you promote after you have published.
0: hmm And that's very helpful because I myself, like, I think a year ago, maybe 2020 or 2021, I did an episode where it was a very short episode where I gave my writing process. I just talked about how to write your first novel because a lot of people are asking, oh, my God, I have ideas. How do I begin to write? And I was like, okay, me and my 19-year-old mind, I will give you (laughs) my own plan of how I began writing, and then maybe somebody can pick it up. And I think we can discuss how to write and publish your first book on our episode next week, (laughs) and I'm sure a lot of people will join in for that, because a lot of people come to this podcast saying that, oh, I'm an author, or I know I want to become an author, but I don't know how... To start that or I don't know how to be published or I don't even know how the game goes so I think that will be helpful yeah, for a lot, I, lot of I,
1: people I've I tried to put it together I took interviews that I had and saw the common themes and therefore put all that in the book so I know it's what people are looking for because mm-hmm. people have been demanding it to hear and I uh, I've written my whole life. I've, I've got many copyrights. I've got many different books. I only have two that are internationally available. Uh, now, I certainly could have written How to Write a Book and get it published uh, before Terror Strikes, but that would have been the cart before the horse. Having Terror Strikes and hitting number one bestseller on Amazon mm-hmm. gives the obvious credibility. I've been there. I've done that. Now I can share that process with you. You know, you see my credibility based on that.
0: Yeah. And we thank you so much, Joseph, for being part of Season 4 Care Life Podcast. And for all those listening, if you have made it this far, we both appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. And you actually... You we a a, went a little
1: long. We did go a little long. Some people, unfortunately, today's Twitter attention span, uh, you lose people after a half hour. Yeah. If you go an hour, then you lose even more. But so, yes. Oh, we didn't talk about the book giveaway. So oh, for yeah, those, I, for who who those have made it. who <laughs> have made it to the end, here's your reward.
0: <laughs> You get a chance to win a free ebook copy of Terror Strikes by yes. Joseph Leonard himself.
1: Yes. Go to slash Goodreads Giveaway 2023. You know, all run together as one word. Of course, the link is a lot longer. I use the tiny URL service to shorten it up and make it meaningful. Uh, you could use like bit ly. You've probably seen links like that, but those have xy17. Those aren't, those aren't, they may be short, but they're useless because you don't remember them. They're meaningless. Mm-hmm. So tinyurl.com slash goodreads giveaway 2023. You can find the details there. The contest closes February 28th, so don't delay.
0: Yeah, and I'll keep all the links in the description, including of both our social media pages. And if they want to keep up with the contest, they can check out on the podcast itself. That's on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We will post the contest there. So between when we upload and when the contest ends, you get a chance to win a free Kindle ebook. And when you get Joe's book, please leave a review. And yes. also a rating. And, you know, although-
1: unless unless you hate it, if you hate it, don't leave me a review. <laughs> <laughs> right, but if you love it, yes, please do. And I discuss this in how to write a book and get it published: hints, tips, and techniques. There is a chapter on reviews
0: because mm-hmm.
1: sadly, a lot of people may buy and absolutely love your book, but they won't go give you a review. People True. just don't do that. And it may depend on a site. So, you know, like Barnes & Noble, there may be one or two reviews. And people may get the misconception there's only two reviews. Nobody must be buying this book. Well, that's not true. It's just people aren't leaving the review, you know. So I collect my reviews from all over Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, Amazon, Goodreads, where the contest Mm -hmm. is, Bigfoot Reviews. You could go to terrorstrikes.info slash reviews, terrorstrikes.info slash reviews, and see a bunch of collected reviews there in one place, including a couple of negative reviews, Mm
0: -hmm. okay?
1: Because I'm honest. I'm not hiding anything. So I put the negative review, and then I respond why I think maybe they didn't get it. Or this is happening. Uh And you'll get that. You know, you're mm-hmm. not for everybody, right? Gotcha. Not everybody's going to love my book. And I've got no problem with that. I don't hide from it. I'm honest. So I share a couple negative reviews even on that page.
0: Mm -hmm. and as we wrap up everybody like, comment, share, subscribe depending on where you're listening from be it YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast anywhere, even on TikTok wherever you'll find this episode and stay tuned for next week because I'll have Joe back here for a second time where we'll discuss how to write and publish the book and you can check out our second podcast you can come for a podcast for everybody interested in paranormal investigations and horror and no surprise Joe will be there as well for a couple of more episodes where we discuss (laughs) UFOs and other (laughs) big things.
1: That'll be some some fun stuff. Like I like, you know, some occasional, like earlier today, today's kind of my fun day. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like I joked on those shows too. It's not the, this is the book show. Please tell us about your book, Monotony, you know. And yours was great because you asked some, intelligent, different questions than the usual ones I always get that I could regurgitate the response in my sleep. I was on The Baseball Life earlier on today talking about baseball because there's a baseball sub-theme in Terror Strike. I also uh was on a show called Ask Ezra, and we were talking about sex. <laughs> now, there's no sex in my book. But (laughs) we also talked about human nature and psychology like you and I did to some degree. So it relates. But it's great to be able to talk on shows that it's not just about the book. So I really look forward to, yeah, talking uh the UFO and the orbs and the presences (laughs) episodes. Those are a lot of fun for me because they're different you know
0: <laughs> yeah and don't forget to check out his podcast where he co-hosts savage unfiltered podcast as always links will be all in the description down below and i hope all of you have a fantastic week until we meet again i've been your host this mckenzie and our guest has been joseph leonard bye everybody <laughs>